Welcome to the Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talkie some walkies. So we have just watched Season 8, Episode 4, entitled Some Guy. And that was cu- because it w- this episode was all about some guy. Yeah. Some guy, the guy that we see at the beginning of the cold open and throughout most of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mr. King Ezekiel. I thought it was just some guy in that cold open at first. <laughs> oh, really? Because he had his dreads covered? Yeah. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. And then I thought that it was a flashback, like a like a far flashback. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Not recent history. Right. Although it was mm-hmm. pretty recent. So you want to give your quick, quick overview? Sure, yeah. Um, so something that's, uh, okay. So there was one thing that I wanted to like a lot, but it ended up being the thing I hated the most about the episode. Okay. Was Daryl and Rick. Okay. And we'll okay. get into the details as to why later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you could probably figure it out, but I, I just wanted that to to be so fun um Mm -hmm. and it was fun it was fun but i just couldn't track with it you know um so i didn't hate it this episode that is but i didn't love it it was decent not great okay it was a for me another mediocre episode okay so I would say that this episode had some of the best moments mm-hmm. that we've had in a while okay. on the show. And uh, I thought it had a very strong beginning. I thought this was the best cold open in years. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, and I thought that it had a very strong ending. I thought it sagged in the middle mm-hmm. and I had some issues with uh, several things that happened in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I would say this was a good episode and um, yeah, but we can, we can hash it out. Good. Not great. Yeah. I think I would put it in that category. Yep. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I think it's actually just shy of great for me. I think, yeah. With a few changes, it could have really achieved that. And I would say that it has great moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, take it from the cold open. Um, this cold open was like 10 minutes of the episode. It was yeah. long. Yeah, it was. But I thought it was so, so good. Uh, you know, it started with seeing Ezekiel... Um, Shaving and taking care of his braids and everything, basically Dreads. maintaining. Ma- oh yeah, <laughs> maintaining his kingliness. Yeah. Um, and then the kingdom people all saying goodbye to their families as they're preparing to to leave. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ezekiel giving his 
speech at the kingdom before they depart for war. And I, uh, I am getting a little tired of Ezekiel's speeches, but I felt like this was a, a well-delivered one, and I liked the way it kind of combined with the music and everything. And man, I felt like did it pay off in the way that they switched from, you know, everybody coming around and like saying we are one to then everybody on top of Ezekiel dead. Like, yeah, that was, that was a really good jump cut. Um, yeah, (laughs) I did put down in my notes when they were surrounding him that it just felt weird. It was one of those, it was one of those scenes in like in any movie or any TV show where you have a whole bunch of extras that are just paid to be there that day and they don't really know what to do. And they're just kind of like, I'm going to slowly walk around you and kind of like touch your back and, you know, tap you and just felt really uncomfortable. Ezekiel was the only one in the middle that was like, and yet I smile or whatever he was saying. Um, Hashtag and yet I smile. Um, And uh, everyone was just kind of like, it almost looked like a walker herd. (laughs) (laughs) But they were just kind of like, fumbling or it, it seemed like extras it felt like extras it, and not actors which kind of pulled me, me like, out in the middle but i don't know it seemed to me like they weren't as enthusiastic as you might expect them to be and, th- and that's i think that's where it's coming from is just the fact that they're just paid to be there for that hour and they're right. they're you know kind of excited about this but they don't really know how to act so they're like talking to each other hey uh so when we walk towards ezekiel should i uh should I tap his shoulder? Should I, you know, <laughs> hoot or something? <laughs> but yeah, so, that, that was that was interesting. Um, but the jump cut was great. Yeah, yeah, that was really strong. And just like the scenes of the carnage there, mm-hmm. you know, after being contrasted with the hopefulness of the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, so from basically from this moment here until the end of the cold open, mm-hmm. I just I felt like they made they made zombies great again. Like <laughs> um you know, the, the first, you know, the way that <clears throat> Ezekiel crawls out from underneath everybody and he's clearly injured his leg very badly yeah. and um it felt like it was a horrible situation when the zombies started turning and he was having trouble getting away. And yet, you know, it didn't feel like it was a real forced situation. Like, yeah, he just had a bunch of people fall on top of him. Totally believable that his leg would be broken. Mm -hmm. Totally believable that he would be struggling to get away Mm -hmm. uh, under those circumstances. You know, he grabs a gun. It only has one bullet left mm-hmm. in it. He grabs another gun. It has no bullets mm-hmm. in it. Um, there was just this real sense of danger mm-hmm. and um, dread and yeah. uh, and and just tragedy because, mm-hmm. yeah, he was so upbeat. He was so happy. And now it's just all lost. Oh, yeah, and there was this one moment where it's after Ezekiel has gone around and, like, looked at all the bodies to see if anyone's still alive he he knows nobody's alive Mm -hmm. and then there was like a bunch of quick cuts of all the carnage 
and then he's just yeah. wailing. Yeah, that was that and, was a very powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, and and there was also something about the way it cut to the theme song yeah. that I thought was so good where mm-hmm. it was like he was scurrying and then yeah. it just happened, you know, and mm-hmm. every I liked pretty much everything about the cold open. I I was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. this is like walking dead that has its legs back right for this moment you know (laughs) yeah i have a lot of the similar thoughts and feelings um the the scene where he's preparing himself to get ready it i thought it was that they were doing a good job at like showing that he's almost getting into character you know um like preparing himself for a scene almost yeah um and then, you know, showing us the uh, the shots of the families and stuff like that and obviously showing shots of people that we're going to have to know in a minute um, who are going to die. Uh, and then, obviously, the jump cut, which is really nice. But one thing I definitely did put down in my nose is I hate, I hate the, um, the hand shooting out of the rubble trope. In war movies or in any kind of, like, movie or TV show where there's, there's like, a still pile of rubble and then all of a sudden (laughs) it comes out. Um, I thought they could have – I thought they could have skipped that part. You know, just have him kind of, like, pull himself out would have been nicer. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I totally agree. The – they did a great job at framing the terror – of being surrounded by walkers again, because I mean, walkers aren't that scary anymore. Um, but when you're alone mm-hmm. and there's a lot around you and you're injured and you're mm-hmm. crawling and mm-hmm. you, you're not at full capacity as a individual, um, they're a threat, you right. know, they're and especially fresh walkers. I was just going to say, these walkers are not the gelatinous blobs of last week that were (laughs) (laughs) falling down the hill. These are fresh walkers. Yeah, these are newly dead. And, of course, Um, there's the added horror that they're all his friends that he was – Of course. So there's that – definitely that that mindful um, recollection of, you know, these are my comrades in arms. I'm kind of like dealing with that in this moment. As well as, like, I need to shoot them, Mm -hmm. um, and they're trying to eat me. Yeah. And then on top of that, more walkers are coming from the gun noises that was shot in the last episode. Um, So you get – you see more walkers heading that way. Uh, It was was really tense. It was was, good Um, Mm buildup. And uh, the one thing that – really stuck out to me was the um the practical effects of the wounds mm-hmm. and the the disembodiment man that was something it yeah, was pretty- like the close-ups were incredible and yeah. some of the way that they were framed at, at a distance were they looked unreal good but there were definitely some shots where on second watch at first i didn't notice but on second watch i was like oh that looks really fake but like mm. that, there were just like a couple shots. Mm. But man, they really did a good job at building up the the uh, the characteristics of war. You know, yeah. we're 
doing the the Braveheart speech in the beginning. Um, people are saying bye to their families. The warriors are going off into battle, and this battlegrounds is uh, has you know uh, warriors scattered and their body parts scattered around it. And yeah, that was yeah. pretty pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. In its in its horribleness, mm-hmm. and there was something else I liked is that after we go from the we we go from Ezekiel to the window mm-hmm. from where the shots were fired yeah and you just see all this the tremendous number of shell casings on the floor and everything yeah and i loved that contrast between you know the horror below and then just sort of the cool relaxed like all right yep that's done you know and, yeah. and they're just like picking up from what they've done yeah um yeah. And then you think like our side does that to them. You know, yeah. on a regular basis. Mhm. That's true. With the same sort of uh coolness. Mhm. But yeah, what I what I thought was especially good about this whole part of the episode was there was a a sense of 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 weight and significance to what had happened. There was a real sense of tragedy. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I thought just well executed all around. So, yeah. Then, uh, you know, you, you asked last week if Carol would be caroling and she did some caroling, I would say in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's inside. Uh, I loved the return to form. She was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and she shoots a bunch of guys from the ceiling. I, I wasn't sure how she got up in the ceiling. Yeah, I was. I I definitely wrote down. Um, I wanted to know what you thought about it because I was not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, on first watch, I didn't. It didn't bother me at all, but on second watch, I sort of had this feeling of, well, we never saw her go up there, and right, how did she do that? And, In like point two seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. Another another flaw of The Walking Dead is not showing us the landscape or the timeline. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but. I thought it would have been a lot more effective if she was in that corner where she was sitting there. And when they were in that, you know, in that little lineup, she comes out from behind him and just mows him down. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a little, a little cooler rather than her slowly creeping out from the ceiling, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, I mean, we know that and how Car- would she have known where to shoot? You know? Well, when you're in the ceiling, the only way you shoot is down, right? So Yeah, but you could easily miss them. I suppose, but mm, Well, she didn't miss. So, no. that's good. 
Another another thing about <laughs> The Walking Dead that's hard for me to track is their war logic. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention that before we switched to Carol, uh, somebody came to Ezekiel's aid in his mm. in his need. I, I don't think we ever got this guy's name, but... Um, I saw him in the cold open. Right, yeah. And uh, so after... Um, Carol takes out these guys from the ceiling. We're back to this guy helping, assisting Ezekiel to walk. And then, boom, he gets shot. And this, I thought, was good because, I mean, not that I wanted this guy to die, but it surprised me. You know, I, I thought, yeah. oh, that guy just showed up and he was just helping. And I just had this sense that, like, that's that this guy's going to be around for a while. And this is, hmm. but as soon as he arrived, then he was gone. And that sort of unpredictability has always benefited The Walking Dead, and I think we haven't had it as much lately. No, we um, haven't. You're right. So I I appreciated that. Um, And and then this – the guy who shot him comes over, Jeffrey Dahmer. um, Jeffrey Dahmer? (laughs) That's what people are calling him. They're saying that he looks like the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. From uh, the early 90s. I don't know what his real name is. He does look familiar. So I'm just going to call him Dahmer. All right. Fair enough. Um, He's a caricature, that's for sure. (laughs) He looks a lot like Dahmer. Like the glasses and, yeah. Um, But anyway... Yeah, this guy shows up and he is doing his best job to make us hate him right away. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ezekiel says something like, it's better for me to be dead by these walkers than by you. Better better my, my the dead be my end than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he asks him, what's your name? And he says, like, I'm Negan. And yeah, and he he talks into his into his uh, gun, yeah, like a microphone. <laughs> gun up to and his in mouth. that I moment, he was I was just shoot himself. I was just like, oh, this guy, yeah. I hate him so much. It Which you're supposed to, uh, but yeah. like the fact that he would say I'm Negan and say it with such relish, you know, it's like, really, dude? Like, yeah. you're proud of that. Well, there was nothing realistic about this Assume your identity into some uh, somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing realistic about this guy. He was just a. Uh, he was a cartoon on every level. You know, he's. Uh, I mean, you know, he's gonna die mm-hmm. before this. Before the episode's out, probably before the middle of the episode's done. Hmm. Um. I don't know. He seemed silly, and I guess it's fitting because Ezekiel's a silly cartoon as well, in a way, even though Ezekiel's way cooler in a sense. Mm. There seems to be a lot of caricatures this season. We got Negan, we have Ezekiel, we have the, the um, this guy, we have, um, uh, what's his name from the hilltop? Uh, Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. We have... The garbage pail kids. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Even even Eugene could be considered 
kind of a caricature. Mm-hmm. True. Well, again, I felt like this guy was like a Stephen King character. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't have as negative of a feeling about him as, as you did. I mean, like I hated him, but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. And yeah, I mean, you are, you're right. definitely supposed to hate him. Yeah. And because he kind of had that look, I was like, like, even though he's an unrealistic character, like there are people who have looked like that and been yeah psychopaths. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he 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 starts mocking Ezekiel for, you know, being a con man in a costume and that sort of thing. And um, now, here's where probably my first biggest problem with the episode happens, and it's when okay. Carol is trying to trying to stop these guys from taking the guns. Yeah. And she starts firing on them. She's by herself. So she's already outnumbered. And then mm-hmm. when she starts firing, she realizes that she is way outnumbered, more outnumbered than she thought. Mm-hmm. And she's hiding behind a truck and there's just this you know, torrential rainfall of bullets mm-hmm. being fired at her. And um, there was something about that moment where I was frustrated because I felt like she was in such an impossible situation, and yet I was not worried for her because the fact that she wasn't dead right away made no sense, and so I knew Mm -hmm. she was fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I had a similar reaction. Um, My my gut reaction when the scene opened with her behind the storage container and they show the the people kind of carrying the the gun suitcase or the 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 crate of the the gun crate up to the truck um they're all busy lifting that crate there's mm-hmm. at least like six of them that are just you know their arms are and hands are preoccupied and she saw this and she turned around and, and went back behind the crate again to reload or to, to check her ammunition. I was just thinking, you had the prime opportunity to mow them down, get the jump on them mm-hmm. and mow them down while they're all lifting something. You know, mm-hmm. the moment that that gun's in, that, in the back of that truck, their hands are free. They have nothing else to do. They could get in the truck and leave. And before that, they could shoot you. Right now, mm. like you're 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 really uh, um, stopping them short. Um, I was upset about that because I know it would have been a really quick scene, and it would have been done, and the writers would have had something else that they would have had to write. But again, the battle logic—it just and it's been falling flat lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the way that Carol conducted herself in this whole this whole part of the episode just seemed reckless for her and yeah. 
she it, she didn't seem to do well in the situation because of smarts. She seemed to just do well out of dumb luck. Luck, yeah, exactly. I was thinking it's almost like the the person who wrote her in this episode or people they just know Carol to be a badass and not necessarily intellectual on mm-hmm. like like strategically intellectual. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing about Carol. She was always strategic. Um, mm-hmm. But they seem to just be like, oh, yeah, she should, you know, be able to take some guy host- hostage with a with a knife and be able to think that this button's going to bring in walkers. And, you know, then I don't know. It just seems, yeah, like luck. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, back to Ezekiel and Dahmer. You know, as I'm going through this episode, I'm realizing we really don't have a ton to talk about. No, we don't. Like, there's just, there's not a lot that happened. There was, so much of the episode was Dahmer leading around Ezekiel um, (laughs) and and mocking him. Yeah. And there's... um, How many pages of notes do you have? Normally I have four. I have three. Oh, okay. Um, If that. Yeah. So, um, there's a moment where Ezekiel tries to slice the guy's stomach and he gets him a little bit. And then Dahmer is like, no, it's over. And he rubs blood on Ezekiel's face. Well, let's go back just a second. Let's go back a second. Okay. Ezekiel pulls the knife out of this guy's belt. It slices his stomach open. That was a deep cut. That wasn't like a little paper cut. That was <laughs> bled right away. <laughs> and it was right, his stomach. Yeah. yeah. And then it looked like Ezekiel was able to stab him the way that they shot it. It was like he pulled it out and then just quickly was able to swing it into into the direction of his stomach. But before he could even do that, the guy pistol whips him in the back of the head. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I, if I was sliced in the stomach, caught off guard by being sliced in the stomach, I would not have the wits about me quick enough to be able to react and hit the guy that did that in the head. Hmm. Enough so that I would knock him down on the ground when he has enough dreads to like block a cinder block. Well, you know what I mean? Like it just I, I, didn't. It I don't didn't think seem blo- dreads are going to do much to block a cinder block, though. I don't know. Dreads are pretty powerful, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have a lot on the top of his head. But you know what I mean? He's he pulls the <laughs> he pulls the knife out. It slices his stomach. Yeah. If that was me, I'd be like, "Ow!" Right. <laughs> <laughs> I it was just a flesh wound in the head. <laughs> just a flesh wound. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evidently, <laughs> tis but a flesh wound. Yes. Um. So yeah, Dahmer leads them to the fence, and they can't get through the fence. And then, when uh, he realizes he's not going to be able to get Ezekiel over the fence, he just like knocks him down. He says something about how Negan was hoping to chain you to the sanctuary fence 
you, the widow, and Rick. So now he says we, Rick like this, and Rick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, bad guy, but, classic bad guy. <laughs> yes, but then he says, "But your head on a pike will do just fine." Oh, I freaked out when he said that because in the comics, okay, spoiler warning for anyone that doesn't want to hear this, skip ahead, you know, hit the 15 second button. Three, two, one. Ezekiel dies and gets his head on a pike. Mm. That's, that's a, that's his death. So I thought that was pretty cool that there was a little bit of, I don't know if they're going to do that in the show, but that was a cool homage. Yeah. So, and he says, yeah, your head on a pike will do just fine. He's about to raise the sword and cut off his head. And he says something about, like, I'm going to make it asymmetrical. And I don't get that. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) No, I didn't quite understand it. But it was like, I I don't know. He was just saying, like, I'm going to do it in an ugly way, you know? All right, but <clears throat> but then of course Jerry cuts him in half with his yeah. axe. Yeah, tell me the your... whole time I was waiting for Shiva to kill this guy throughout the whole <laughs> journey, especially because he was talking about the the king. Yeah, or he was talking about the or the um the hick was talking about the tiger a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she was gonna do it. But yeah, Jerry, Jerry's amazing. Jerry, yeah, yeah, yeah. How and he, you... hit, he swung twice. Did that like? Were you like, whoa, watch out for Ezekiel? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so, yeah, that moment. I mean, first of all, there's so much. Of course, there's so much ridiculousness to it. Like, right. where was Jerry all this time? Why does he just? <laughs> conveniently arrive right then how is it of course that of out of everybody that was there that the one character we care about is the one that's alive yeah um and wasn't there yes and can you really cut a man completely in half with an axe like that but you know what i'm saying it all and i'm saying at the same time i i'm letting it go i don't really care yeah because i thought it was great too the moment (laughs) the moment was was worth it yeah, and, 100%. <laughs> right, yeah. And just the way that they did it, like, it was so, like, <laughs> over-the-top gory and ridiculous. But you were like, what am I even looking at? Like, yeah. I don't even know. I'm just seeing, like, I think this guy just split in half. I'm not sure where exactly and yeah. how, but... Hey, it's Jerry that did it, and he's roaring like a lion, and it's awesome. <laughs> Jerry's the real tiger. Yeah. <laughs> um, did it? Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, in the absurdity level of this episode, like the the action absurdity level, and all and the like the mustache twirly bad guy kind of thing. <laughs> do you and and more to come throughout this episode? Do you think that this was kind of an homage to '80s? action thriller horror movies it did it definitely had that feel yeah Yeah. especially the carol stuff the rick and daryl stuff all that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
And the the slice slicing the body in half is so eighties yeah. horror, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, Carol promises to tell the guys where the rest of the people are, and then she comes out with her hands up. And this is, I think, a good example of one of the moments where I've just felt like she ended up lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, like the moment you walk out, these are the saviors. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think she just would have gotten shot right away. Yeah, um, totally. And they wouldn't care. Yeah. The fact that this one guy approaches her and he's, she's able to draw her knife and knock his weapon and just do all that. that close to her. Yeah. And then yeah. not get shot by everybody else in the process. And then conveniently use this guy's body as a shield while, again, tons of bullets are being shot at her. And somehow she doesn't end up getting hit by any of them. And then pushing the button. And, yeah, it was. And how'd she know that was the gate? Right. Yeah. I'm totally willing to suspend my disbelief for much of what The Walking Dead does. Hmm. But in this particular part of the episode... I really felt like Carol was not done justice in terms of, you know, how she tends to approach stuff like this usually mm-hmm. and how tactfully she tends to do things. So mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. Yeah. Jerry's trying to cut through the chain with his axe. And okay. although that axe is quite about- – yeah. Go ahead. Are you sure? Nick, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm really, really glad. I wrote down, I'm glad in a show that avoids action logic, almost intentionally avoids it. We finally see how hard it is to really cut through a Bolton chain yeah. in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> because that's tough. And then I said, also, I was going to be really mad when Jerry broke his axe but I thought they'd actually open it. So when he was like, when he stuck his axe down the, down into the chain, and then he tried like prying it up, pry, like breaking it with the handle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, in in some movies and in some TV shows, and especially The Walking Dead, that would have worked, and it would have broke the chain. Mm-hmm. But they went the the realistic route, and they broke the handle. Yep. Um, yep. Which I thought was really good. Yeah. So two two pluses there. Right. Yeah, no, I was thinking about in this scene how this was very – this was a well-done, you know, construction of genuine tension just like in the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where we have a situation that is believable. Now, Jerry obviously could climb that fence in order to save his life. Mm-hmm. But he would have to leave behind Ezekiel because Ezekiel's not in a position to climb the fence. Or they could just walk to the left or right. Well, but the the fence is (laughs) – I think the fence goes pretty far. Nope. Not if you look back. (laughs) Because there was a scene where they – I don't know if they didn't – if they intended to shoot it like this or not. But there was a specific shot where you could see that the fence was open to the left. Or if you're looking at the fence to the right. And then there's 
also the fence goes down the other way mm-hmm. pretty far. And the walkers are on, only coming from dead on. They're not mm-hmm. like coming from corner and surrounding them towards the fence. So even if they walked to the left or right and there was still fence there, they could walk left or right and go around the walkers. Hmm. You know? I guess. I don't know. That scene didn't really do the tension for me. Yeah. They didn't build it well because of those reasons. Hmm. Well, I don't don't remember exactly what the layout was, but I just remember thinking that the only way that they were going to be able to to get out and not get attacked, not just walk directly into that walker, walker herd was by yeah, going Yeah, I mean, that's that the door. way they shot it. They yeah. definitely wanted you to feel like that was the case. And, um, and you get that impression from the characters and that's where the tension is coming from. But it just, it, it didn't make sense to me because I was thinking, well, why don't you just walk around it? It hmm. seems. Yeah. I never felt that way. I never felt like they mm. could. Um, and yeah, and I liked that the axe broke. And I really thought that Jerry might die there. Um, really? Yeah, because I felt like he had his glory moment, you know? Okay. And um, I I don't know. I felt like he might die saving the king too. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he didn't. Me too. I but, like Jerry a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're fighting off zombies. Uh, Jerry refuses to leave Ezekiel. And then Carol sees the two of them uh, from where she is. And it's kind of presented like she has to choose between trying to uh, get the guns and, mm-hmm. and stop those guys or running over and helping Jerry and Ezekiel. Mm. And... Um, she chooses Jerry and Ezekiel. Why she di- why she didn't just get shot on the way over there, I don't know. Yeah. And why she didn't just walk over there and shoot him and then go help them, I don't know. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and why she didn't take a Polaroid of them, I have no clue. Yeah, Rick wasn't there. Right. The yeah. wartime she journalist didn't, wasn't She didn't have present. time to, to shoot them, so she should have taken a Polaroid and then gone and helped <laughs> Jerry and Ezekiel. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so good. So um we get a flashback to Carol and Ezekiel talking from before all this. Mhm. And um Yeah, what do you think about that. I mean, it didn't it didn't stick with me much to be honest. Uh, the one part I have written down from it is is the moment when uh, Ezekiel says, if you're asked to be the hero, you be the hero, basically recalling when he helped Shiva. And um, and then he, she, he asks Carol, like, if she was always the way she was or if she, like, decided to be this way. And, and they had this conversation before. Have they? Yeah, when she was at the, the Carol cabin. Oh, okay. The Carol and also when they were in the garden. When she stopped caroling. Yeah. She's taking a break. Huh. Yeah, I don't really remember. It's amazing how much I don't remember of the show, actually. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, she says, I decided just like you to be the hero. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we see flashback, flash forward to the present. Carol saves Jerry and Ezekiel, opens the, the fence. And um, they're like, oh, shoot, the guns. They're going to take the guns to the sanctuary. And then Carol's like, Carol, Carol hears Daryl's motorcycle. And she's like, oh, they're not getting the guns to the sanctuary. As cheesy as that was and unrealistic – I liked it. <laughs> it actually made me smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't mind like, because because these characters don't interact as because our main cast doesn't interact as much as I would like them to. Mm-hmm. Just that acknowledgement from her that like her boys who are super badass are going to take care of business and she yeah. can trust that. Right. Yeah. That was like I don't know. That was that was a good moment. Yeah. No matter how, you know, unrealistic it was. <laughs> yeah, I I like that moment. Um now now we come to the Rick and Daryl um action moments. Mhm. And I feel like this is a big conversation piece. Yeah. This was so weird. That's that's my main reaction to it what do you mean by weird it felt like a totally different show than the walking dead it's because we were watching an 80s uh (laughs) an 80s action flick and i'm not saying that i didn't enjoy it like but it was just so it just felt so weird it felt like a different tone um than what the walking dead usually is mm-hmm. and a, and part of it was the tone was just like so grossly unrealistic like yeah rick is driving right towards a vehicle where there is a man sitting in the back with a huge weapon yeah that is firing at him and as he is being fired at it he at he just has like this determined scowl like i'm just gonna hit the accelerator more and just like get closer to you swerve right dodge the bullets by swerving (laughs) (laughs) and uh, daryl actually flies off his motorcycle for a moment which is a pretty cool stunt uh when that happened and yeah and so rick is dodging bullets (laughs) so i had I had written down, apparently this gun is really hard to disassemble and pack away, but really quick and easy to set up in the back of a moving vehicle and get ready to shoot. (laughs) Yeah. Evidently. I mean, within a minute, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Evidently, shooting that, firing that weapon so close to a human being on a motorcycle is ineffective. (laughs) Not sure how that works. (laughs) So, Rick manages to dodge these bullets and accelerates until he's like, right beside the guy driving Another the vehicle great 80s uh, right and, homage. 
yeah, manages to jump across, which is just that can that even no. work? Because no. you took you have to take your foot off the accelerator. Yeah. He he would have definitely one hundred percent flown right in between the two cars and right. fell. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there was cruise control. Oh, okay. You know? Uh, yeah. Maybe and then would... in that case, the the post apocalyptic Jeep that probably doesn't have great tires and also probably has a bad suspension and hasn't had an alignment in like four years wouldn't be able to veer. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess it's the perfect post-apocalyptic Jeep. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it takes bullets like a champ. Yes. The yeah. radiator goes, but the, the engine doesn't die and, you know, it's still <laughs> chugging on. <laughs> it's bulletproof glass too. There was something <laughs> about, the way that when Rick jumped over to the other car, he just immediately like forced a knife into the guy's leg. <laughs> was, that, and the guy was just ah, like yeah. there was something about that that the second time around made me laugh out loud because it was just so <laughs> over the top and like yeah, Rick is just nothing is stopping him at this point. Right, like, he has had it. He is yeah. He doesn't have time for any of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole sequence was definitely laughable. Um, I thought it was, f- like, as laughable as it was, it was so fun. Right. <laughs> but so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cap off the ridiculousness with one of the most absurd and mean lines I think I've ever heard Daryl say to Rick. You look uh, like shit. Oh, Just out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> totally unwarranted. Well, so do you, Daryl, because you haven't showered in years. <laughs> At least I shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Where did that come from? Yeah, it was obviously supposed to be funny. Was it? Yeah. No, it's just like Daryl's like, Man, you look awful. That it's, you know, it's. I think it's making light of the fact that they're just going through such hell, and you know, Rick just went flying off into a ravine. He, any ordinary person would be seriously injured or dead, and he's crawling up the hill, (laughs) and then Daryl just casually quips that he, you know, he looks horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I thought it was funny, and I laughed when he said it. Yeah. I just thought it was really mean. <laughs> this is That's your really bro. mean. That's mean. <laughs> Daryl just killed two people in cold blood last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I guess he could be a little insensitive. <laughs> yeah, that's how he talks to his friends. He kills you right. if you're not his friend, but... Um, if, you, if you're his friend, also, he just makes comments on your appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's also funny how – and I noticed this a long time ago with, with back in the Beth episode and especially on like rewatching The Walking Dead from the beginning. Daryl Dixon does this weird thing where I think he's 
I think he chews on the inside of his mouth. He, he goes like this. Yeah, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And whenever they do close-ups of his face after he says something, it just sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Mm. I don't know. Does, does the face chew? I don't know if that's like a character choice, like an acting choice he's decided to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's so used to chewing on like little rodents and stuff because he's a hunter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So, I mean, I suppose by some people's standards, maybe this is the moment that The Walking Dead jumped the shark. This wasn't as absurd as the Jesus fight with Daryl and Rick <laughs> with the music. Oh, wait, yeah. Was that music that was... Wait, it didn't... Fan-made? It, that was fan-made. It didn't actually oh, okay. have that music. Okay. Yeah, that, that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> That was funny, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this, really. Like, I I did enjoy it, oh, but at the same time, I thought this is so so absurd. And I, um, one thing I did appreciate about this was mm-hmm. how rare is it on The Walking Dead that we have an episode that's featuring just certain characters but then brings two other characters in for just like two minutes. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I just, I was kind of bummed out that when they decided to do that, the logic of the whole sequence just didn't track. (laughs) Okay. Well, fair enough, but I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. Like (laughs) there's something about, the way that The Walking Dead has tended to operate over the last few years where you start an episode hoping that you're going to get A, B, C plot lines Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you just get A. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, you just, you just know, and and, and it takes away from some of the unpredictability of the show that for the the whole episode, you're only going to see these characters. Right. And so when we were like three quarters of the way through the episode, and then all of a sudden Rick and Daryl are there, just for this one nice. sequence. I was like, yeah, yes, you yeah. can do that, Walking yeah. Dead. You can, you can, you don't have to just focus on a handful of characters. Because this was yeah. the first episode so far this season where there wasn't a lot of characters involved. Right. And um, But I appreciated that they still brought in a beeline, you know, mm-hmm. even if it was briefly. So, Also, we haven't seen Alexandria this whole season. That's right. Well, except for seeing the hilltop, except for the first episode. Oh, did we in the first? We episode? did because that was when they were saying gu- goodbye to Michonne and Rosita. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which means we have not really seen Michonne this season. I don't think we're going right. to see her in the fifth episode. I, the fifth episode is we're finally going to get to Negan and Gabriel. Oh my god! I just don't give a crap at this but, point. But but Matt, the. That's funny that you don't care at all at this point. I do care, but but something's happening next episode that you have waited a long time for. It's not Keith, is it? Or Heath? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot about Heath. How could I forget? 
that is the question that's burning on everybody's minds. You know what would have been really great is if instead of Jerry saving <laughs> Ezekiel, <laughs> it had been Heath that Ezekiel was like, Whoa. who are you? I'm Jack Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> you have 24 hours. <laughs> I seriously, I wonder if they re- they will ever pick that up again. Probably not. Hopefully not. But what what have I been waiting for? Some of Negan's story, his backstory. Are you serious? I don't know if they're how much they're giving us, but I know we're getting some. We're getting something. I only want something. I I don't want a whole episode. I just want these like very subtle flashbacks. Yeah, you know. Well, I just know we're getting something. That's what they said on Talking Dead. That would be nice. Um, yeah, I don't care about the Gabriel thing just because it's been too long. Like, <laughs> it would have been such a great thing to pick up on the next episode. Right, yeah. You know, like a cold open. At this point, we're going to have to go back in the past. They're going to have to, to – and they did this with this episode as well. They had to freeze time, go back in the past, and then come back to the present. Mm-hmm. Next episode, they're going to have to freeze time and go back to the past and then go probably even further back with Negan. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are, what, we're four episodes into the season. I don't think the events of the season have been, like, more than a day. Yeah. They've only been, I think, a day so far. Yeah. 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 Which means that we haven't pushed forward too much. Right. Yeah, but one thing I I do want to like give credit where credit's due. I'm glad that after four straight episodes, like all of those episodes have had action, have been had multiple characters in each episode. Like it's been so long since The Walking Dead did that. Yeah, I will say this though. Here's the here's the caveat. I, I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but. <laughs> This is the thing that make that that gives me pause when um, wanting to praise The Walking Dead right now with these specific things. The Walking Dead used to do action really well and do tension really well um, because we were always we were always with our characters and we knew their plans and their strategies. And even if they did like a cold open where you see the execution of a plan and then – but later on in the episode, you see flashbacks to what the plan was. So it made it you know kind of worth it. Um, this season, it's been confusing. Like mm-hmm. the action scenes have been hard for me to get into and track with because – I don't know where they are. This was the first episode where I had a pretty good idea of what what the landscape was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Pretty good idea. Not the best. But um, the past few episodes, or the whole season really, knowing where they are and knowing their plan has been um, a caveat. It's been... Uh, I think shooting The Walking Dead's action sequences in the foot. Mm -hmm. 
because if we knew where they were, we knew their plan, um, we knew the landscape, then we could be there in that moment and feel the tension of what's going to happen next rather than like, wait, what is happening? Where are they? How is this? What what are they trying to accomplish? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that being said, um, that gives me a little bit of pause. And then the final thing that gives me pause is the the battle logic. The past few episodes, I I just look at what they're doing and I'm like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that your characters as as long as far as you've taken this uh um this group in the apocalypse that you would make these choices you just you seem to be a lot smarter than that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah no i can understand that so i wish they would up the ante on those things i don't necessarily need more action mm-hmm. if i get more action i want the action to make sense you know yeah but you can't have both, Matt. You can't. <laughs> you have to either have nonsensical action or boring plotting nothingness. <laughs> Take your pick. Okay, Scott I mean, Gimple. <laughs> if I have to pick between like the wackiness of that Rick and Daryl moment, like if we just had whole episodes of that sort of yeah. wackiness versus like long stretches of nothing with Jesus saying things like the only thing that is permanent is impermanence. Here's not here. <laughs> then <laughs> I definitely pick the Rick and Daryl. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. Yep. Not even a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we, um, we we basically come to the end of the episode, which I think also has the the episode's most affecting moment besides the cold open, mm-hmm. which is uh, Carol and Ezekiel and Jerry trying to get through a particularly congested area of zombies, zombies that are have been affected by some sort of chemical waste, and those those were some pretty nasty looking zombies, especially when those they were, were getting zombies that if you touch them, yeah. they will dis- they will fall apart those are gelatinous blob zombies yeah yeah and when they were getting shot and they were just like exploding yeah that head exploded like a melon yeah (laughs) like a rotten melon yes yeah the the effects work was really good there yeah that was very well done which when we get to the shiva thing i have strong feelings about this for those reasons Oh, really? Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Well, um, similar to uh, Jerry's uh, ability to show up at exactly the right time, Shiva shows up at exactly the right time. Well, did you want to talk about Ezekiel just kind of giving up on the king thing? Yes, I have that in my notes. I forgot that that was before Shiva actually showed up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, finally, Ezekiel breaks character, and the line that he breaks character on is, uh, he says to Jerry, no "Come point. on, man, just go." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then 
he says, look in front of us. That's what's real. And you see all the walkers. Mm-hmm. like. And that, I thought that was a really good moment because it just sort of, again, it made the, the walkers have real horror to them again. Like, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, the way that Ezekiel said that with, with him saying it, in a, in a breaking from his usual character made you feel more the, the sense of dread and direness, you know, cause, right. cause Ezekiel does not break character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he only did a couple times and both times that at least I'm aware of was with Carol. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, something about Jerry's insistence on wanting to continue this illusion even you know Jerry wants to continue it, even though he knows that it's not real. Because he's a cool dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this this whole, I th- I think pretty much everything having to do with the character of Ezekiel in this episode, I thought was strong. Yeah. And well, he's a strong actor. Yeah. Yeah. You the have actor, to give him credit. Yeah, the actor is really good. And uh, and there is just something so tragic about him losing that part of himself mm-hmm. and feeling like, you know, the the jig is up and yeah, and, um, and it was all his fault, right? Yeah, I you mean, you know, to think that that you're you're leading a uh, essentially an army into battle under the guise of being a king. And you're get, giving a speech about like being positive and just believing that no one's going to die. And then essentially waking up to the carnage of the bizarro effects of uh, what you had thought would be reality. Yeah. I mean, that's sobering. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a moment, I think it was here. Oh, yeah. Where uh, he says, you know, I'm no king. I'm just some guy. Yeah. And it's so it's so sad. However, at the same time, I want to say anybody who's a king is really just some guy. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so Ezekiel is more of a king than most people who have been kings. Yep. Um, I'd agree. And, uh, yeah, so... You know, when when the whole concept of, of Ezekiel as a king first was presented on the show and people buying into it and going along mm-hmm. with it, I I can't say I was a big fan. I was mm-hmm. sort of just like, eh, that's weird. But Yeah, I think we both felt that way. Yeah, but but in this episode I came to appreciate it more. And yep. not that I didn't appreciate it all before now. I, it did grow on me some, but especially in this episode because just something about, you know, the people in the kingdom who are alive even after this happened still wanting to hold on to that illusion because they liked what it did for their morale. Um in that sense of honor of like, you know, oh, I Jerry. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry and um the the other guy that died really yeah. quickly, like yeah. he still was like, you know, your majesty, I want to help you. And, yeah. uh, don't call me that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it I think that both him and Jerry both had to call him majesty. Yeah. They don't see, I don't, it's interesting to me. They don't begrudge Ezekiel at all for what he's done. I think, no. 
Because they don't see that as a con. Right. They don't because see they, it as a con. They, be- yeah. they believe, like you said, he's more of a king than other kings have been. Essentially, I mean, you're in a post-apocalyptic world. You're in a dilapidated society. There are no rules. Yeah. You, If you are a king in your heart, if you lead people with honor and, and loyalty as a king – and they call you king. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you are you are a king, right? Yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. Shiva that made him king, right? It was just All- a cool ornament. Yes, yeah. Although, I think for Ezekiel, Shiva was a big part of what made him king. And I so- think he he wanted to believe that because he loved Shiva, right? But mm-hmm. even he's not privy to the fact that his heart is really what allowed him to be uh your majesty yeah and it's yeah it's his character his heart that led him to save shiva in the first Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. um so i know you're probably going to complain about the cgi but no oh no i thought the c i mean there were definitely little bits of it but it, oh, okay i i, I, I thought that was where you like were... shiva's been pretty great recently oh okay i thought that was where you were gonna go with it i mm-hmm. um for me i thought the the death of shiva was extremely sad and one of the more affecting walking dead moments in a while mm-hmm. and um i uh i thought that it was it was it was good in that it was it wasn't to me just tragedy for tragedy's sake it was it was important for ezekiel's character it was sort of like yeah. the breaking of that that final part of him that might have been able to maintain that illusion um and i think that it was especially traumatic for um for him to see shiva um getting destroyed like that not only because he loved Shiva, which he did, but because Shiva represented that part of himself, the, the king yeah. part of himself. Perhaps Shiva was the, represented the guise of yeah. the king. And so now instead of talking like a king, he'll act like a king. Hmm. Not feel the need to speak in Shakespearean anymore. You know? Well, yeah, that was the question I really wanted to end on is where do you think Ezekiel's going to go from here? Uh, Let me get to Shiva first. Oh, yeah. Then, okay. Then we'll get there. So um, I had wrote down in my notes, um, these walkers are disgusting. <laughs> Their heads explode like cantaloupe. And there's no way that they'd be able to take down a tiger. Huh. <laughs> um, just, like, let alone... Okay. I understand that they're in mud. And so it's hard to, like, gain your your equilibrium while you're trying to defend yourself in mud. Understandable. Um, and I understand that Shiva's surrounded Okay, she's surrounded and she's in mud. It's hard to um, it's hard to defend yourself when you can't get behind you because you're sliding and all that kind of stuff. 
However, the qualities of a tiger being swiftness, um, razor sharp claws and teeth, um, uh, skin that's, that's very dense and almost impenetrable. Um, it would, I find it very, very hard to believe that these walkers being so decomposed would be able to bite Shiva, let alone get a grapple on her. Because if she's sliding around and hard and having a hard time defending herself, these walkers, like just a little push would make them fall apart and they'd fall and slide. And there's no, there's no way. I'm sorry, Walking Dead. I cannot buy this one bit. Um, hmm. And then they manage to surround her and fall on top of her. And again, I understand Yes, if you're in a situation where you're unable to defend yourself, the walkers get on top of you, you're done. As a person. But a tiger? Uh, nah. If they're on top of her, she's jumping out of there. She's got she's got powerful hind legs. She can swiftly jump out of there before they even scratch her. If they could even scratch her. Because she's got uh, rigid fur. And, and and hard skin. And their nails are probably as soft as um, a, a, an orange uh, peel. And, and their teeth would probably fall out if they did. Their jaw would break off if they tried biting her. You know what I mean? Like these, these walkers are not just your run-of-the-mill. They're not their fresh walkers from the cold open, you know? These well, are walkers think... that have been decomposing <laughs> in chemicals. I think you're assuming that the... Um, that these walkers are are more mushy than they actually are. Like, I think I think it's more the flesh that is you know that is I don't is mushy, know. not the bone structure. And I don't know. And we've already talked about this. The Walking Dead makes no sense. Yeah. Human jaws can't like bite through skulls. You just right. like, but they do that sort of thing all the time on the, on yeah. the show. So like, I don't know it. In a show where a bunch of walkers can eat a horse, which that's happened twice, I think. Um, that I believed more because yeah. that horse was so surrounded, hundreds of walkers. Mm-hmm. And and those were fresh walkers, mm-hmm. you know. But Shiva was pretty surrounded. There were a lot. Not as much. And, and she was – she was so slowly surrounded that I didn't understand why a tiger with such agility wouldn't just jump out of there as quick as she jumped in and kept, you know, kept them at bay from the king just from a different vantage point. I mean, she's a she's a fighter. Um, she's a tiger. She would be able to jump and maneuver around quicker than they could even turn their head, hmm. you know? I don't know. I didn't have a problem with this. I think that's fair. I mean, they I, did it, and and the fact that they were doing it upset me. Yeah. Um, the fact that she was dying upset me, for both because of the logic and because I didn't want Shiva to die, and I felt yeah. for Ezekiel. So, at the end of the day, it was effective. It just upset me at how they did. Like they could have done it a little better. Mm. You know they. Shiva could have 
like a tree a, a big tree could have fallen down on her because it was rotting and fell on top of her back broke her back pinned her down and then the walkers could have munched on her like i could have bought that better hmm. you know yeah well whatever the case or if she uh... got stuck like in the mud her hands couldn't get out because she was trying to get out too quickly and she was, you know, maneuvering around and she couldn't. Mm. But even then, the walkers, I don't know. Um, so is Ezekiel going to – What's he, where does he go from here? So I, I don't know. Um, I want to believe that he'll keep – that he'll um he'll shed the mask and take the mantle you know instead of him pretending to be a king and speaking like he was a king hundreds of years ago he'll act more like a leader and um stop trying to force people to pretend mhm But I don't know – that's that's just where I hope he'll go. The way that they capped off the scene made it look like he was retreating and on his way to quit. So, Well, yeah, the way it closed was with him sort of walking by everyone and hobbling. Um, Great to- sound design, by the way. There. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really good because, you know, he's walking with a limp and it just – shows how humbled he is yeah you know there's something about that that yeah he's really uh a broken man Mm -hmm. at that point um i seem to remember on this podcast that i predicted at some point that ezekiel would end up as part of rick's group and just be like a, a regular guy oh really yeah oh you know what i remember that yeah yeah last year right yeah and I, I don't know if I would still predict that, but it does seem like we're getting closer to that being a possibility. Um, yeah. But it's weird because I don't even know what I want there. Like, I don't know if I want him to drop the act because it seems like the act worked. But mm-hmm. it also seems like it would be kind of weird to just go back to it now. I, I would like to see him still own being a leader like you said but but it wasn't the act that made him a leader it wasn't him talking like he was from a shakespeare play that made him mm-hmm. a leader it was how he led mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know people care about him because of that not because so of you his think, voice like in walking dead season 10 ezekiel will still be on it and then occasionally be like hey remember when he used to talk like a shakespearean like he's in a Shakespearean play and now he's just like, hey, what's up, guys? And we're just used to that <laughs> think, and we can't even remember. I think in in season 10 when they're um, they're going to be putting on a play for Martians on Mars <laughs> and he's going to be doing a Shakespeare play mm. about The Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's definitely- where it's going the direction that it should go. Yeah. 
I heard a rumor that season nine is already being planned and that it's supposed to be very, very different. I don't know, I don't what, know it means. what that means. Right. Well, space station. That, yes. They've been what? listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder, yeah, what that could mean. I hope it doesn't mean that all our characters are dead. Or that, that Rick is time jump so far ahead yeah. that they recast. Mm. Yeah, I've I've heard that like I've heard people complain that they need to change up the cast and redo it, start fresh with a different um, batch of people, or recast the same characters. I'm thinking the only reason why I walk watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> Is because of Daryl, Rick, Michonne, Carol, and uh, and Carl. Mm-hmm. That's it. If 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 those main ca- Maggie, mm. if those main characters died, or if they recast them, or anything like that, I would not watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recasting. I mean, that's them. really what makes it for me. Recasting them would be ridiculous. Right. I can't imagine that that would ever happen. I can't imagine that the show might just decide, you know, let's just start with a, a new group of people or something. But but they did that with Fear of the Walking Dead. Right, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, either way, it would be a huge turnoff for me. And yeah. I agree with you. The main reason I watch the show is because I care about certain characters. True, yeah. And... Yeah, I think they either need to um, continue to center the show around those characters or they need to find a way to end it. Yeah. Um, but they're not they're not going to end it uh, if they're still making uh, money off of it, enough no. money off of it. And mm-hmm. um, so since uh, Scott Gimple expects to be making money off of it for the next, like, 20 years... Um, Two decades, right? It it seems like we're in a situation where they are eventually going to close Rick's story and then create some new incarnation of the show. I don't like that. I think if they if they decide to move the story onward, they need to just end the show Mm. because that's a good TV show. You know where you need to end. And Scott Gimple, personally, I think they should find a new showrunner. Well, you've been saying that for a while. Right. Yeah. And I think he's been crippling it. Yeah. Um, It's time. I would be very curious to see what the show would be like with another showrunner. Right. And I am a little surprised that for a show that went through several showrunners pretty quickly. Yeah. That yeah. Gimple has been in that position for as long as he has. It seems like usually networks are quite ruthless. Like if you, they start mm-hmm. to see a, a decline in viewership, they'll just ax whoever's in charge right away yeah. to a point where it's probably often not helpful, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you're on the chopping he block, just brown too fast. Noses. he just brown noses so, fa- so much. 
Oh yeah. I I mean every time I see him like on on the Talking Dead or in an interview or something it's he he cannot sing the praises of AMC loud enough. Hmm. I haven't I don't know if I remember him saying anything about AMC. Well, I mean the the um well, I guess not ABC, AMC proper, but more the the higher ups Walking Dead team. Oh, okay. You know, it just seems like he he is so uh, unaware, un- and he's so not self aware that um, he just seems to think that everything that he makes is gold and. It's not really the case. He's unapologetic about his mistakes. That's which true. I don't like. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much all I have for this week. What's your uh, numerical rating? Um. Well. I was going to give it a six. I think I'm going to give it a 6.5. Um, because some of the, some of the logic behind the war and the battles and the action scenes and whatnot, um, I think were tempered by the comedic, elements of it mm-hmm. enough this week that I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the Carol stuff, the back half of the Carol stuff just didn't make me happy. So it's definitely not enough to give it a seven, but it's not terrible. I won't give it. And, and it's not um, bad enough for me to give it a six. So, well, I guess it is, but, I'm okay with it enough to give it a 6.5. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm settling. Yeah. What about you? I think I'm giving it another 7.5 like last week. Okay. Um, I was going to give it a seven, but yeah, in comparison to the last episode, I would say that overall I liked the last episode more, but this episode had certain moments that I thought were so unusually strong for the show that uh, it lifts it for me. Like, even though, like I said, I feel like it sags in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 7.5, which for me, again, is is, is the good, not great numerical rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I still think that cold open was <clears throat> phenomenal. Um, yeah, for sure. And it really made it made me really care about Ezekiel's character. Like, yeah, obviously he's not on the same level as Rick or Daryl or Maggie or or the widow. My God, how they they call (laughs) call her the widow. But (laughs) so dehumanizing. But he's getting there actually for me. I mean, he he is a real character at this point to me, and yeah. He's he's a somewhat tragic character, and he's uh, an empathetic character, and um, 
yeah, I'm glad that The Walking Dead has made me care genuinely about somebody who is not one of the long, long-term members of the cast. Mm-hmm. So, Something I hope that The Walking Dead eventually does is trim the cast down more. I miss the very tight cast where we get our characters to interact on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I miss our characters being in community. That was one of the best parts about season four and five. Yeah. And even three was <laughs> that they were all, they were all um, together in a family that, that whole journey where they were on the road before Alexandria, before Aaron, mm-hmm. that was powerful. Mm-hmm. Their camaraderie and their unity. Yeah. I want that again. Right. And you can't, you can't do that with all these characters that we don't care about. And now they're they're so separated now and they're surrounding themselves with characters that we don't care about. So they're interacting with characters that we could care less that they're interacting with. Yeah, what I'm worried about is that they'll never be able to bring them back together again. Because now Maggie is leader of the Hilltop, which... Right. Yeah... Unless they make her the leader, they hold up and they get rid of Alexandria, mm-hmm. and everyone just moves to to the hilltop, and and Maggie's officially the leader of the group, not Rick anymore. Well, that just—I mean, Maggie's position as leader has always struck me as just kind of by default, because. I mean, I don't know how how invested she is in actually being in that position. And mm. it it was always funny to me that she went to Hilltop because she had a torn uterus. And then she ends up in charge of the whole place. <laughs> and it's not really because she advocated to be in charge. It's just because she knew how to handle a situation. Yeah, it's because she knew how to handle multiple situations. And one of those situations being um, Gregory. Mm-hmm. But Jesus would always advocate for her. Right. And she was, I mean, basically on the city council at Alexandria because of what was her name? Diane. Mm. Um, So she was in government. She uh, evidently wanted to be. A leader of some kind of community mm-hmm. to some capacity. Didn't she have a conversation with, with Diane about like her being the official leader of Alexandria in the future? Like she wants to groom her to be the leader? Maybe, but I don't remember. I feel like this story has been in the works now for a while, for a couple seasons. Hmm. But maybe not enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, Negan and Gabriel. Negan and Gabriel. We hopefully will get a explanation for why Gabriel's the one that should be afraid instead of Negan, even though Gabriel yeah. has the gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> the big gun. The big gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still one that's gonna be a big topic next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to 
Gonna have to vent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Signing off. All right. Over and out.